Just a heads up, everyone. Though we look at things through an optimistic lens on this show, some of the topics may be triggering and some of the language may be adult. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm Jenna Edwards, and I've overcome some pretty serious adversity in my life. And I just recently realized it was all because of this mindset I call aggressive optimism. I knew I wasn't the only one living with this way of thinking, and as I always say, there's a million ways to do anything. So I wanted to do this podcast so I could have conversations with others and learn how they overcome adversity and achieve their big goals and dreams and create the life they want to live. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and you guys, I am super stoked to be talking to speaker, author, coach, Gina Fresquez. Gina works with ambitious women entrepreneurs and leaders, and we are co-authors in the Inspired Impact series. Gina is actually in two of those books, the first being Women Who... um, Women Who Influence, excuse me, and the latest book, Women Who Illuminate, where she talks all about fear. And I can't wait to talk fear with her today. So without further ado, Gina, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Thanks, Jenna. (laughs) I'm so excited too. And I am hoping that um, the connection's good enough. We were having a little bit of tech difficulties, but you know what? That's aggressive optimism, right? We think, roll with it. See how it goes. Yes. <laughs> so life Gina, is an experiment. <laughs> right? Exactly. So you have been doing a lot of new and interesting things in your career. So let's talk about this massive shift you're having towards speaking as your main source of income in your career, which I'm so excited about because you're such a phenomenal speaker. Uh, we were honored enough to have Gina speak at this event that the co-authors went to um, that Kate Butler, the publisher, put on on the East Coast where I got my fairy hair, which everybody talks a lot about when I go see them. (laughs) But um, Gina gave this really great talk about fear. And so I'm super stoked, Gina, that you're um, leaning into this part of your career. Yeah. How does it feel? Feels really good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge? Oh, so – in many things in my life, especially now as I expand into who I really feel like I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to be doing, my biggest obstacle um, over and over again seems to be myself. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the truth? I think so. so, so, us. <laughs> and so how so, is that showing up for you? Well, yeah. So I mean, I have lots of stories, but um, and it, it, it kind of goes into, uh, you know, one, first, I just want to address that most people are scared to be speakers, right? Like the number one fear before death is speak, pu- public speaking, right? Right. Like most and people I've would rather be in the cast and giving. Uh, yeah, the exactly. Right. Um, and I don't have that, right? So I, I do feel like I'm blessed. And I used to have that. I'm sure like when I was in college and things like that, I used to be afraid to get up and speak. But um, in corporate, I used to do a lot of corporate trainings and workshops and keynote speaking and stuff like that. And so it's very, it was very in my DNA um, as I was in corporate and I love talking and I love getting up and sharing messages. So I just want to say you said used to, but that's now become You're right. your main thing, right? Yes. Right. So I guess I'm kind of like going back in time for a second. And so I think this is why I've finally landed on why this 
should be my main thing and why it feels so good because I love sharing messages in this way. And I love impacting others and I love teaching and I love sharing my story and, and changing people's perspectives. And, um, that's kind of where I am now. Right. So I'm headed into really embracing that. And, um, you know, the book has been a big part of that and, and being able to share my story that way, but fear, not having the fear of speaking, but what stands in my way is myself. And it's the fear of judgment of others. It's oh, the gosh. fear. Yeah. Right. So That's 100%. Right. Do you ever feel ashamed that you don't have fear of public speaking? Cause I had oh, to yeah. deal with that too. Like, of people thinking like, oh, you think you're so hot stuff getting up there on stage. You know, that whole like, I think it must be from um, junior high or teenage yeah. years because who says that as an adult? Nobody. Right. But Nobody. I still have that like little um, developmental voice in my head. Oh, you think you're so hot. You can get up there and hold a microphone yeah. and not feel like completely nervous. And I'm like, right. yeah. Just yeah. recently had to be like, yeah. That's right. And embrace it. Yeah. Well, and I want to clue into kind of what was, what was going on there. So like we all have this inner monologue, right. That's like telling us why we can't do be or have the thing that we want. And this is where I've gotten super curious about what that inner monologue is saying, because, um, we, that's, that's what's holding us back. Like I've seen it win so many times and, and in my worst case scenario, and like I've burnt out a couple times in my career and, and it's always been this war within my head of like why I can't do the thing. And it shows up as like caring too much about what people think. So you become a people pleaser. It shows up as being a perfectionist. So then you don't actually take action because you are like so worried of doing it wrong or failing or something like that. It shows up as uh, total avoidance. So we're like avoiding doing the actual thing that we want to be doing because of, again, what does it mean if we actually get it done? Or what does it mean if we actually succeed with it? Or what if we get like all of the what ifs come into our brain. And um, that has been my biggest issue. Like self-doubt, imposter syndrome, like all of these things is really to me the root of what blocks my own self. And sometimes I can do like an out-of-body experience and start like looking at myself and being like, what the heck? Why am I doing that? Right? Like I have people surrounding me and I've been very blessed to have an amazing tribe of women and friends and family that are like, you got this, go do it. And then I'm like, I am literally the only thing standing in my own way. Right? I now. know. Right. You're the only one in your circle who thinks you can't. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, and so that's been like my biggest hurdle to be honest and just like fully embracing it. This is also why, so I always lead with curiosity. Um, and so for me, I've gotten, because that's been my biggest struggle. It's obviously what I teach too, because I've been, I've been like studying the mind and studying how, why we don't actually do the things that we want to be doing and how we get in our own way, um, for the last couple of years and, mm -hmm. and diving into fear and why fear wins. All the Ugh, time. Stupid fear. We don't, we got to figure out a way not to let it win. So I'm I, speaking of curious, I'm curious mm -hmm. um, because in the last couple of years, I realized that growing up, it was definitely the people that surrounded me and those external voices that made me feel like I couldn't do it. And now I have the most supportive people around. And so it's now me which is really interesting. It's almost like because I grew up with external voices, my approach to overcoming that fear was to be rebellious. And now I'm like complacent because my life is great and I have awesome people around me and I 
don't have any reason to rebel. So I had to shift into kind of a different mode of operation for overcoming that fear. Did you have that experience or have you had that experience before? Um, a little bit. I mean, I wasn't a huge rebel <laughs> as a kid, um, but I was in my own way. Like if somebody told me that I couldn't do something, but I really truly felt in my heart that it was right, then I would rebel. Yeah, so I wasn't like your typical rebel, but it was a very like, uh, like if somebody told me this rule that like made no sense to me, I would just ignore the rule. Right. So, and I'm kind of a little bit of like a watch me type of a girl. Like if you tell oh, me, me too. It, 100%. Yeah. And so that, that kicks in, but, but getting into like that inner monologue, you know, what I would actually notice is that you many times, what we were told as a child becomes our inner monologue later in life. And, and so now, like you said, like you're surrounded by amazing people, but now we're all in our own heads and what's showing up is like, I can't do it. Who do you think you are? Yes. Like, you know, like those kinds of things. And even though there's nobody telling us that it's our, in our own heads. And so it's kind of a little bit of an echo that comes from the past and, mm -hmm. and, and really getting into like, we're on our own worst enemy. Um, I think many times we tend to shut those voices down very quickly and because nobody wants to feel that those feelings and nobody wants to like, uh, what's the word? Nobody wants to like let fear win. And even yes. you just said a few minutes ago, you're like, I know a horrible fear. Right. <laughs> and, um, I just want to kind of approach fear a little bit differently. So we all like hate our fear in some way. We're like, Oh, that stupid fear. It comes up and it blocks me or it comes up and it prevents me from doing things that I want to be doing. Um, you know, it feels very shameful. And, and so I just kind of want to point out, cause even you just said that like two minutes ago. Um, but it's so interesting because when we really take what's going on there and we start boiling it down to like, what, what's the worst case scenario, right? To me, that's like something that was always on top of my head when fear comes in is like, what's the worst case scenario? How can we, um, calm the fear? Because the fear is probably irrational. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not most basically irrational. Yeah. It's not based in reality. It's, you know, we're not talking about you're being chased by uh, a bear, you know, and that's fear too. But our brain, so I'm a super nerd when it comes to like science and I have a background in animal science. So like I really, everything, the animals and our brain works in a certain way and fear is a primal response. Mm -hmm. Okay. Animals have it. We have it. Um, but you know, of course in our modern times, it's like, we're not, we don't have to worry about a bear, bear chasing us most days or you know, <laughs> things like that or going out of the cave at night, you know, and something going to eat us. Like we don't have to worry right. about that. Um, and so most of the fears going on in our head are all just worrisome thoughts that are going mm -hmm. on that aren't actually life-threatening, uh -huh. but it's so interesting because our body and our mind, the way our brain thinks, thinks that it's life-threatening. So it's just so interesting. So when you take it down to the worst case scenario, it's like, are you going to die? That's the question. <laughs> right. like, that's the question. Are you going to die? And most likely the answer is no. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So that's how you overcome the fear. You like talk to yourself in the, that exact way. Yes. I basically like to pull fear out and give it a, um, give it an, like give it a persona. It's okay, so funny because last week we had Coach Jenny on the show. Uh -huh. I think I've talked to you about her before in the past, but she wrote this book called Hilda where she oh, yes. literally has like these adorable characters drawing yeah. 
in the book for all the different kinds of fear. And oh so gosh. she personified it. And, and it's very similar. You guys should totally talk. And actually, we I should. want to have that conversation because I think it would be fascinating. Yes. <laughs> but um, Well, yeah. it's fun. It's actually part of like NLP, which is neurolinguistic programming, which okay. is a way to like work through your not just fear, but all the parts of you. It's like an mm-hmm. actual program. Um, so it, it's just interesting. So when you actually can remove, it's just like anything, when you distance yourself from something, you can see mm-hmm. it differently, right? Talking about like out-of-body experience. So you're like distancing yourself and you can talk to it a little bit differently. Yes. And I like to think of my fear as a friend or a very concerned family member. And so <laughs> I try to not I like, it's okay, fear. grandma. I'm yes, good. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, because really fear uh, at its core, it shows up. The symptoms of fear are like all the things that we hate the procrastination, the perfectionism, the like all the things. Yes. Um, but really when we boil it down and I, I do this all the time with clients and with people and you can boil it down to like the innate fear, which is like fear of judgment, fear of, um, loss of love, right. Fear of, um, death can be one of them. But, um, I was just talking to somebody the other day who we boiled her fear all the way down to, um, fear of like being rejected by other from others. Mm-hmm. And when we really go ahead. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was going to say um, my therapist and I actually had a whole thing about that when I was going through uh, somatic experiencing therapy. And yeah. she was like, when in the past, when we were tribes, being rejected actually meant death. Yes, exactly. So this is what, yes, this is what I was going to say. Cause it's, we all boil down to these main fears, right? And so like one of them is being rejected from the tribe. Mm-hmm. And so if, if on a surface level, you're like, well, if I, if I do this, I'm going to let somebody down. That's actually what was her, uh, her, what I call surface level fear. It was uh-huh. like, well, if I do this thing, I might let her down. Okay. Well, if you let her down, well, then what? well, then I might not get a client anymore or she might like not work with me anymore. Okay. And then what? Well, then I might not get anybody. You know, it's just like you boil it down. Then what? Then what? Then what? Well, then I might not have any clients. Well, then I might be the, and then, okay, then what? Then it boils down to this initial like base fear of being rejected from the tribe. Right. Which equals death. Which equals death. And so it's, it's, you can boil any, like any surface level fear or any doubt, any of that naysayer in your head down to the core level. And that's when I love my fear if that makes sense. Mm. So when you go, oh my gosh, that's what you're trying to prevent me from. You're, you really want me to stay with the tribe. You really want me to stay loved. You really want me to stay safe, whatever it is that it actually wants for you. That's where you can be like, okay, grandma, or okay, little girl, or okay, whatever. You know, It's like, you're my friend. You're my concerned family member. And I can like give you a hug now and be like, I realize that that's what you want for me. Like, like Yes, just right? to keep you safe. Just to keep you safe. Yeah. And, and so then, simple, but yeah. also so annoying sometimes. So annoying. <laughs> so annoying. But if you like start looking at it in that way and go, okay, like, cause fear doesn't go away. You've heard me say this before. I don't be, yes. I don't believe in being fearless because fear, you can't get rid of it. And there's like, you'd have to cut out part of your brain. Like it literally is a part of you that is primal and has been around forever. So you can't, it's just learn how to work with it and be a little bit more gentle and compassionate towards it. At least that's my theory to be able to then say, okay, like we're, we're in this together. Like let's join, join arms together and how can we move forward together? So calming the fears, just like you would calm a toddler. I have a toddler, so I have lost. <laughs> my um, though he's coming at a toddler stage, but you know, you have to like calm the fear down first, calm the toddler down first, mm-hmm. or you can have a rational conversation with them. 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, even if you don't have a toddler, you've probably experienced one, but if you didn't haven't experienced one, it's like cornering an animal. It is. It is completely like that. If you try to corner fear, it's going to attack. Yeah. It's fight or fight or freeze. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you have to like take, you know, pull it back from the edge, (laughs) Uh, pull it back from the corner, let it calm down and then go, okay, so now what? And this is where once you've calmed it down, once you've let it express itself, once you've shown it some love and appreciation, then you can be like, okay, now what? Now we can put a plan together. Now we can, you know, use that other parts of our brain, that creative part, that smart part, that project management part of you that's like, okay, now what? Now I got this. Like, you know, and then just know that it'll probably pop up again right? Because you're going to go do something different. You're going to go expand into something new. You're going to go after that new goal. And there goes fear again. It's right. right up again. It's so, almost like having a, a daily staff meeting with your fear. Oh my God. I love it. If you're like experiencing growth, like rapid growth every single day, you have to sit down and be like, okay, fear. What are we going to, what are we going to like have a temper tantrum about today? (laughs) Yeah. Like just, let's just get it all out now. Let's let's talk it through. Because you're there. And and so it's really interesting to to just like change your perspective on Mm -hmm. fear because I I have, you know, when I usually talk with people, I'm like, so how do you feel about your fear? And, and just like you said earlier, they're like, Oh, I hate it. Or it's like, Oh, it's, why does it show up? Or that evil fear. And I'm like, okay, let's just change that whole relationship right now and open up the community. (laughs) It really is that like that one employee who has to point out all the things that are going to go wrong yes, and you just have to totally. deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, okay. Okay, Bill. I, I, if anybody named Bill is listening, I don't mean any offense. That's just the first name for some reason that came into my head. <laughs> hey, Bill, I know that you are really right. good at pointing out all of the things that could go wrong. So let's address them. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Bring it on. Exactly. It. Yeah. So for you, fear would be Bill. Apparently. And you'd have this like meeting. Yeah. And you'd be like, okay, let's just, you know, let's jot it down. And, and that's literally what you, all you have to do. You just have to be like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Let's just get it all out. Because we are so good at quieting that voice. Yeah. Which is a strategy. We can ignore it. We can like say, okay, it's just going to shove it back down. Let's just put you in the corner for a little while. But that's why, at least in my experience, it keeps on coming back. Well, not only that, but it, yeah. it becomes rebellious and it comes back with a vengeance exactly. and is like, you need to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like any relationship, right? Like you start oh. ignoring it. You start not paying attention to it. You don't validate it. Like, let's just talk about if we've all been in those situations where somebody's like not validating you, not listening to you, like you get mad and you get angry and it boils up inside. That's at least that's my theory on what happens with fear. It just, it starts boiling Absolutely. and like, and it's getting mad and it feels like you've rejected it. And I don't know, fear is not a four letter word, right? Like it really can be. Well, it is. It is a four letter word. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> I like four letter words though. So it's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Uh, but you were, you know, <laughs> this is so fun. I know I'm having the best time talking about fear, which is yeah. like also so cool because it's exemplifying what you're talking about, right? It's like the more you bring it to light, the less it affects you. And yes, then it's thank way. you for saying that. Yeah. I love shining light into dark places. Mm-hmm. Like it just Well, you're a woman who illuminates. I am a woman who illuminates. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Uh, and it's so fun, like uh, illuminating fear, right? Like we can illuminate fear. We can illuminate these dark parts of us 
that is very shameful and yeah, make light of it, have fun with it, have a conversation with it. And, um, you know, it does get back into some of the whole self-help, you know, personal growth and development is can you love all parts of you? Right. Is a question, mm. you know, it's a really you, powerful question, right? Yeah. Can you love all parts of you? Can you love the, the good, the bad and the ugly? Um, that's a question I think we're always asking ourselves. So let's, let's talk about that just a little bit, because I feel like if you haven't done a lot of self work, you don't, it, it, that's a concept that's a little difficult to understand because how can you love something that you want to change? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because it's kind of ironic because as you begin to love other parts of you, that's when you do change, which is really interesting. <laughs> when you said that, I'm like, oh, there it is. When you start to develop out and, and kind of, I, I, if you think about um, your like dis- self-discovery, right? So like you are a shell of your body and you're like going into these crevices of your body and like looking for those spots that you've kept hidden mm-hmm. and, and really like gotten to know them better. Um, when, what was your question? Your question was? Oh, I was just, it's just an interesting thing to say. You have to love the parts yes, of you that you, of you, all parts of you, because it's funny as we're talking, I used to, and I still believe this, but I used to walk around my high school and be like, I love everybody. There's just some people I don't like. Mm. And so this is kind of applicable, right? It's like yes. you can love everybody, including all parts of you, and still not like all parts of you. Yes. Meaning like you identify there's something that I would really like to change or grow away from or mm-hmm. move towards or whatever the action item is, but I still love all parts of me. Right. Because that's what makes you whole. Yeah. And recognizing that. So there, I know you, um, we talked about all about resources and things like that on the show, but, um, so there's, there's a book that really did this for me and I want to share that for listeners because it was really transformative for me. So it's called the dark side of the light chasers. Ooh. By Debbie. Now I have a new book to read. Yes, it is. I give it away a lot. It's a really transformative book. Um, and it's by Debbie Ford. And, and unfor- she's an amazing author and a trainer. She's no longer with us, unfortunately, but she's written a couple different books. And my favorite is The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And it's exactly what it, if you think about it. So it's um, the light chasers are people who always want to be bright and shiny, always be happy, like, and, and not address any of the dark sides of mm-hmm. themselves. And so it's, it's a, it's a story and a journey going into those places to recognize that they still are a part of you. And people who haven't done that before, usually the parts of people that really bug you the most are the parts of you that you're trying to keep hidden. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it actually has this whole story. It also has journal prompts. It really is a beautiful exercise in, um, starting that journey of like going into those parts of you that you're keep hidden. So I highly, highly recommend it. It's a really, really good book. That's so interesting because that's kind of the evolution of aggressive optimism for me, like being called an optimist my entire life, but having it be belittled as not realistic Mm. and like that whole light chaser thing where you're constantly chasing light, chasing light, chasing light. And then uh, also on the flip side, being called aggressive often and looking at it like it's such a dark word, right? You're like, I, I had such a hard time. Um, accepting that I was passionate, that I was aggressive, that I was all of these like really aggressive words. Uh, But 
that's why I wanted to do the show because I was like, wait, if I embrace this and combine it with optimism, then it's the whole thing. And it's a whole reality, right? It's not the only reality, but it's the reality I choose to live every day. Yeah. It's like all sides of it. Fascinating. Right. All sides of it. Mm Mm-hmm. So good. I love it. I'm definitely going to check that book out. Uh, and actually, if you can believe it, we are almost out of time. We could talk forever. We could talk forever. I love it. Uh, so if you could give yourself or the audience you choose one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm, yes. So one thing that I always tell myself and everybody around me is to stop sacrificing yourself. And when I mean yourself is your health, yourself, your sanity, your lifestyle, your relationships um, in the pursuit of your goals. So when we are striving so hard for the horizon that we sacrifice ourselves in during that that's where all these problems, at least I see come up. That's what was my demise. Like that's what happened to me. That's why I burnt out. That's why, you know, I don't really believe in the hustle because if you're going to sacrifice everything for the end game, what are you going to have left? Yeah. You're going to, you're going to arrive and then you're going to have like no more relationships. Like people stop calling you because you're too busy or too whatever. Right. And then you're, you know, I, I've suffered with like chronic stress and the, the stuff that happens on a physical level that happens with that. Um, you know, so, and then your sanity, like all the things that like decrease when you are just hustling so hard and you can have small stints of hustling. We all do, but like the long game and I've seen it happen to too many really amazing women. Like you can see it, they deteriorate as they're like going after their goals. And my whole like belief and what has really changed my life is when I've stopped focusing on the end game and I focus on the journey instead and showing up every day on like how I want to feel and how I can really show up. It, it allows me to be more present, which I've always struggled with because I'm always so futuristic thinking and horizon, right. <laughs> which is a very source of ambition, pe- ambitious people, right? Yeah. So when you are sacrificing yourself so hard that you have nothing to prove for it at the end. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. for me, I just want to make sure that when I arrive at my destination or whether I arrive at, at a not, right? Because we don't right. know if we're actually going to and wherever we're chasing, like, let's just feel good. Let's just all agree to feel good in the process and focus on those things too. I love that so much because that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted to do the podcast too, is because I firmly believe that there's a million ways to accomplish everything. Mm -hmm. And so the more I can share different ways, the more I'm hoping the listeners get to choose which way works best for them. Yes, You know, because that's, that's the ticket. That's the ticket to happiness, in my opinion. Like if you want to be the best mom on the planet, for example, that's going to look very different from the mom next door. Right. And if you want to be the best business person on the planet, that's going to look very different. I mean, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates are two very different people who have accomplished essentially the same thing in very different ways. Right. Right? So I love that advice. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it really boils down to like your own personal values and what you hold true. And if you let those things slide, then I think that's when we all get, you know, wonky and out of control and, you know, things get sacrificed. And it really is, is focusing more on the journey and less on the destination It is really what it's all about. Absolutely. I love that. And you already gave us one amazing resource, but I know that you have another one that you would like to share with the audience. So please do. Yes. So, um, 
There is a book that kind of changed my life as far as how I was approaching it when I was completely burnt out. And it's The Desire Map by Daniel Laporte. And I am a facilitator of her work. And so I really wholeheartedly believe in this work, but it's all about a feeling based approach to goal setting. And it's basically asking you, why are we chasing the things that we're chasing? And usually it's because you want to feel a certain way. Mm. And so it's basically putting the feelings first and making sure you have your own set of cortisol feelings that you love every day that you set your goals around and start with that. And that has been that big flip for me to be able to start with my feelings first. And, and this is why I don't really have a 10 year plan. I don't really have a five year plan because if, as long as I know that I'm feeling the way that I want to feel, I leave it up to God in the universe of what that looks like. Like if somebody tells me in 10 years, I'll be doing some like living on a boat in Africa or like, (laughs) I mean, who cares? Like, but as long as I'm still feeling the way I want to be feeling, I don't really care. Right. That's so amazing. So it allows me to shift and change and evolve and pivot as long as my cortisone feelings are being met. I don't really care the how, I guess. That's cool. That's a really perspective. Yeah. For sure. And I don't think a lot of us focus on that so much. Mm -hmm. You know, we're chasing the dream and the goal, thinking that's what's gonna bring us joy and happiness. But but you can have joy and happiness now. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, And so let's end this with a favorite quote. Yes. Good old Deepak Chopra. So, Oh, Deepak, you're friends with Oprah. I know. (laughs) So this one's my favorite, especially recently. It's if you try to get rid of fear and anger without knowing their meaning, they will grow stronger and return. Ain't that the truth? Again, quarter animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you gotta understand it. I love that. Thank you so much, Gina. No you guys, problem. I'm going to post it. all of these resources on the show page at aggressiveoptimism.com. So please head on over there and check out everything, all the stuff. And uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards. Gina Fresquez, thank you for being here. And remember, you guys, if you dream it, it's possible. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me next time. The Aggressive Optimism Podcast is made possible through affiliate programs. So if you'd like to support the podcast and get some really great products for yourself, head on over to the offerings page at aggressiveoptimism.com. And if you want a little more aggressive optimism in your life, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Jenna Edwards Life. I'll see you over there. Until then, have a good one.